Maintaining your lawn the right way this fall starts with Lowe's because Lowe's has the grass seed and fertilizer perfect for your growing area and the know-how to help you do it right and a great savings like up to $15 off select Scott's grass seed and save $5 on a 12 and a half pound bag of Scott's Turf Builder Winter Guard Fall Lawn Food now $14.97 for all your fall projects do it right for less start with Lowe's valid through 10-2 selection and availability vary by location U.S. only what is up You guys are having a lovely night. Sean here. That would be spiritual counselor Sean Thomas for the phone. I figured I'd just do some storytelling. So one of those nights. How did I become a minister. I, you know, that was a mind-blowing half. Like, I had no idea that was coming. With pretty much the same kind of flow as everything in my life. Pretty much. You know what I... had a really weird life. And I, I mean, it's hard to talk about it without sounding completely egotistical. Really... The truth is, is that I'm not even that strong. I'm uh, very sensitive. I cry a lot. I've always been a crybaby. I'm an emo <laughs> since before that word existed. You know. Yeah. I. Uh, Guess I just have one of those lives, or one of those souls. spend a lot of time alone up in the mango tree I'd sing to myself up there or I'd climb up on the roof of the house and watch the clouds for hours I love that you know I, I love being uh To myself, just chilling with nature. I grew up like that. I mean, I loved having friends too, but you know, I don't know. I've always been like too much, <laughs> too much for everybody. Well, it's not like I try to. I, I I don't desire to hug the spotlight. You know, it's just that like. Um, when I have fun, I, like, I express myself, or when I am sad, you know, I, I express myself, or when I'm angry, I fucking express myself. Oh, yeah, by the way, this is an explicit show, so if you are a minor, please get the fuck out of here. <laughs> I come back when you're older or some shit. Anyways, I've always been 
alone, really. And like, I'll have friends. That's what hurts, you know, because when I, when I have friends and I'm chilling with them, I can never fully be myself, you know. Sometimes I could, you know, with a few people, very selectively a few. But even then, like, there would be aspects of myself that would be just too much for people, you know. And they would be like, oh, you're too much this, you need to be this, Stop doing that or being that. You should be like this. What the fuck? Right, you know. <laughs> I don't know. I guess I could say I, I don't have those kind of limitations myself. And they are. They're limitations. Uh, I used to. But mind you... That... When my mom went insane... When I was seven, I had to face a lot of shames and uh, social judgment from other people. That was my mom, you know, I love my mom. Uh, mom is the name of God on the lips of all children, right, or something like that. It was that movie that said that. And, yeah, that was... Uh, I even ended up judging my mom because of society, right? You know, society told me to, which is such betrayal, you know. It took years facing it to forgive myself for that. Like, I chose society over my mom. Like, the fuck? Shouldn't fucking matter if she was insane, you know? That's the thing. years to find out, but I love my mom beyond the conditions, before the conditions, and if you can understand that, you can understand that that's what actually true love is, it's the truth, and it's already there, but you put conditions on it, that's what separates all of us. These fake bullshit conditions. Yeah. yeah. A thing is a thing is a thing is a thing because it's this way and not that way. And fucking my way or the highway. And you get a trip and give a shit and never ever love for sure. Because shame, right? Be ashamed. Oh, it's such bogus bullshit, isn't it, you know? I don't know, sometimes people don't understand because uh, these are things that are too deep for people to want to look at, right? Like, who wants to look at that? That the fact that they really do love, like, everybody, it's already there. Why do you think shit hurts? Why do you think you even get mad? If you look at it, all of the emotions really stem from a reactiveness of trying to meet the truth, trying to meet love. Why do you think a thing feels uncomfortable? Or why do you think a thing feels good? 
these emotions. It's a compass. You can look at every aspect. You can measure it within yourself. And you find a way. Because the more you learn, the more you experience about how you feel and how you hurt. And the more you desire to see truth and be authentic, the more you'll uncover, the more you'll understand about it all. And in the end, you find that there's no excuse. And sure, we give ourselves excuses all the time, but it's inauthentic, isn't it? Look, I mean, like, as I shy away from giving love to even my enemies, that would be because of my fears of getting hurt. That's a condition. I don't want to get hurt. So I will not open up. I'd know all about that. It took me years to open up. I've had counselors and therapists ever since I was seven till I was uh, 18, yeah, 18, 19, every year. And I didn't open up to any of them. You know, it wasn't until I was like, maybe what, uh, 20, that I opened up to a friend for once. First time in my life. I didn't even talk before then, really, you know, I'd say a word or two. I was uh, hanging out with friends, but I just usually stood there, just observing, shy, feeling emotions, but not expressing them. Yeah, it's ironic, right? You know, years later, I try to Start talking. But now nobody wants to listen. No, I mean, not nobody. People listen. And I love that. You know, because uh, sometimes it's good to be heard, you know. Sometimes it's all we really need is uh, a friend to, to hear us, you know. Acknowledge us. That's a huge part of it. Uh, being emotionally there for friends. See, like, sometimes, you know, I mean, like, a person will have a problem, and then their friend will be like, oh, well, you should do this. Or, oh, well, you should have did this. Or, oh, this happened because of this. And they'll just keep on saying that, you know, uh, logic-minded shit. And I used to be that dude, too. It took me a while to, um, to get it. But I got it. And I got it good, because I had to be on the other flip side. Sometimes you just gotta let the person express. Because it's not about, you know, the logic of it. The emotion has a journey. And the emotion must flow. In every kind of esoterics, we look at water as emotion. And it truly is, right? You know, the heart pumps that blood through our body. It flows through us. It flows a certain way. Sometimes it flows hot, and sometimes 
heartbeats almost still. Second after second, and sometimes it feels like you just got stabbed right through the heart. It stings like silver, doesn't it? Like a silver moon. Water. As your Casey put it, water is as to water no matter what stage your form is in. Whether it's the molecule, water drop, ice, cloud, or ocean. Water is to water. Did you know that most of outer space is not empty space at all? Actually, there's matter flowing through it, all through it. Mostly hydrogen, but... Actually, stars give off almost every kind of uh, every kind of molecule, every kind of element. I mean, and uh, they give it off as ions, which are particles that are positively charged. They don't have too much electrons. Of course, there are stars that give off uh, coronal mass ejections that do have more electrons. And all the CMEs uh, have electrons shooting through, too. It's just energy. Boom. Flies out. The entire outer space is not empty. It's full. It's an ocean of light. And particles. And charges. And it's all flowing. God separated the waters from above and the waters from below, and he called the middle ground the firmament, and he called the firmament heaven. See, that's what irony is. Some people don't like that word. They don't like that term, irony. Right? And they don't like it when I say irony is the face of God. Don't mind me. I'm playing some music. Right here, we got... Uh, some beats. What's going on by Burnell Washburn? He's a friend of a friend, and I, I dig his stuff. I love his tunes. It's dope, and he raps too. He also does podcasts, right? You know, I heard one of them. And, uh, yeah, yeah, he had a cool style. And um, oh, I'm digging this one. Yeah, this is called. Uh, Momento. If you type in free J. Cole uh, space X space S Z A type B and then in quotations Momento Blamo. There you go. And uh, I was gonna choose one of these to wrap over. Uh, not here or now, but. Uh, with a friend. Yeah, my boy Sean. Yeah, me and Sean, we went to... Uh, I know, I know, we have the same name. <laughs> Different Sean. We went to this place up the, up the ways up north um, to go see his his uh, mother from another... Ama was her name. And she's got this beautiful place uh, up in the mountains. And uh, I, I don't know what the word ashram means. But it's called an ashram. And um, 
it's cool. Like, there's thousands of people there. And, like, they did, uh, they did all kinds of stuff. There was all kinds of things going on. Uh, spiritual place, you know, spiritual things. Uh, since it's California, yeah, we got a lot of hippies here anyways. <laughs> you know, all in good love, right? Um, it was cool. They had music and singing and uh, meditation. And um, at the end, they had something called uh, Darsham, I think it's called. I might be totally, totally destroying the word. I don't know if I'm saying it right. But um, Darsham, and it means uh, to embrace. And, you know, you uh, go and you in line. And, and you go and you get a hug from Mama. Super cool, super cool woman. She's a, she's won a Nobel Peace, uh, Peace Award, and um, she's done a lot of great things for everybody, really, for humanity, I should say. And Sean was showing me around um, some of the posters that were up. Uh, she's done so many cool things, you know, led movements to go and plant orchards and trees uh, in places where they were hungry. Started hospitals started schools, got people together in love, you know, not for the sake of the religion, but for the sake of humanity, and I appreciate the heck out of that, and you know what, as a, you don't, you don't really hear about those things, do you, you know, why not, I was talking to Sean about that, like, you never hear about people doing the awesome things that they do that's not promoted, really, is it, on the news. And you know what, I think I'm just like, kind of circling around what I should probably do. I should probably promote all that kind of stuff, huh? Uh, I don't know if anybody's listening. Or, uh, ever, you know, if you ever do listen to this, um, anybody, please let me know what you would think. Would you watch something about... If I promoted uh, humanitarian projects and like people that did awesome things like that, would you watch that? Uh, just you know, comment wherever this is playing. It's it's uh it's being automatically shared and automatically posted to like uh, I think eight different platforms. <laughs> yeah, there's kapahunas everywhere. There's a Japanese kapahuna and. Uh, there's a Tumblr, there's a Twitter, there's a, there's two Tumblrs actually, there's five regular websites, uh, there's something like four Facebook pages, I think I deleted one, but uh, there's definitely still four, yeah, because there, there must have been five or six actually, so I deleted two, and yeah, there's there's all kinds of couple of Instagram, you got anything. You go to any any website, you put a slash Kapuhuna, you'll probably find me. <laughs> or somebody else, I don't know. You know, uh, I've given away a couple of profiles. Secret agents. Can't handle everything on my own. You know. uh, most of the things are run by AI, though. And that's uh, Kapuhuna, K-A-P-U-H-U-N-A. Yeah. Add me wherever. Hopefully soon it'll be more of a us than a me. But right now it's just me. And one dude actually. And AI. 
lot of AI. All kinds of services for the AIs. I've got like uh, four, four different AI services that do different things, but they are integrated with each other. So technically, you could consider it as one. Yeah, it's fun. I don't know. I love AI. I don't. I don't know how to program, but I know the basics of uh, what IOML is, auto machine learning. Uh, I've made apps before. I've made applets, sure. Uh, I do this thing, right? I might be going off topic. I hope not too much, but this is gold. And it is so gold. And I want you to try to incorporate this. Okay. So the first thing I want you to remember is if the seeker seeks, the seeker shall find. Unless the seeker is not yet ready. So, if you're ready and you really want something, Google it. <laughs> right. Right. Duh. Right. See, when you have that and you look at that and you think about it, well, what the fuck excuse does anybody have for anything? Nada. Nada. If you want to do something, you go do it. And if you want to go and say, oh, well, there's no way. Well, no, go Google it first. You know, there's probably an app for it. <laughs> you know, uh, and see, what you, what happens there is that the universe opens up for you. Because the world wide web is like the place for synchronicity. Manifestation. The world would come to you through another person that was specifically led to go and click this and click that and then oh wait, fancy seeing you here on this uh, not even real uh, physical place that we're going to chat on <laughs> and synchronicity happens right, you know uh, and so the seeker multi-dimensional, ultra-dimensional. And consciousness already is, right? You know. So it just kind of wakes up to itself, really. I know I talk like, uh, like all mystical sometimes, and it annoys people. I promise you I'm not some freaking uh, wizard or Illuminati person. I'm just a dude. I'm not even, like, that cool of a dude. But, uh, but I'm pretty wise. I will say that with confidence, because I've been through a lot of shit. And, um, sometimes when people get complacent over their own egos and the responsibility of managing them, I like to boast my ego. And that's the thing, you know, it's like, uh, it's a funny thing, because, you know, there's two, two levels to it, right? For instance, whenever there are, you know, just people that I'm around, and they're very egotistical. I like to be meek. 
And I don't say I like to play me. No, no, because I'm all the aspects I want to be, right? You know, at any moment, I feel what I want to feel. And I be the thing that I want to be. It doesn't mean I'm fake. It means I'm encompassing that version of myself that already exists. Duh. Right? So, I will be meek. And I will feel meek. And I will be uh, so humble. Almost pitiful. Right? That's how they interpret it. To me, it's just more honest in the sense that well, we're all innocent. Innocent children at our heart. Right? That's what uh, all of the mystics have tried to explain to us. So, yeah, you know, I love to be that, especially in times when there's, like, people that would judge. Because I give them the opportunity. And sometimes they do. Sometimes they see. Sometimes they see through it. They see that, okay, wait, this guy's not full of shit. He's not being fake. There's more to it than that. I just don't want to look at it because it's a reminder of myself. It's the truth within me. And they become good friends. But most people, most people are disgusted by it. Most people are revolted by it. You be meek. And other people's egos will want you to suffer. You know, they'll want to step on you. They'll want to walk all over you. They'll want to use you. And they'll want to flip it around, flip anything around to make you look like the bad guy that they are. I mean, that's what happened to Jesus, right? You know. And uh, I'm not saying I'm like Jesus. I'm saying that this is like a thing in humanity that everybody goes through when they're bullied. That's essentially what it is. And it doesn't mean we blame the bully. It means we empathize and we see that while the bully's bullying us, we become the emotional sense of what the bully feels. And isn't that always what it is? Every time we, in our egos, full of our quote-unquote realities, and we go out in our pride and we go and hurt somebody, and we think we're justified, in essence, we're replaying the pain and suffering that we truly feel within, right? Now, a light worker, I mean, like, a heavy worker, you know, somebody like me who's been through this shit enough times, from, a, from a, you know, from being a child and going through a lot of suffering. Since I was a child, I was able to see, okay, as I'm being bullied, as I'm being hurt, I now understand how they feel. It doesn't mean that I should project back or blame back. Actually, now it gives me, as they hurt me, a perfect opportunity to understand them. And this makes the unconditional love that much more clear to give. Right? Because the conditions are all that limiting, the limiting beliefs and uh, mind frames that are all based on lies, they're all based on fears, you know. But, but, at 
as we're going through that that victimhood and I mean that in the sense of they're attacking you <laughs> and it hurts we have the opportunity to see and I'm not saying that anybody should ever hurt anybody that is not what I'm saying at all it is always a lie and it is always fake and there is always a better way don't you ever use me as your excuse to hurt anybody. Because it's hard. It's hard for all of us, you know. Because it's easy to attack back. It's easy to blame. It's easy to hate. It's easy to have spite. It's hard to forgive. It's hard to get blamed and give love back. It's hard to forgive in the moment. So that becomes a thing. Where it's really, it comes down to authenticity. Right? Because if we're you know, uh, if we're hurting somebody, sure, we could tell ourselves that we're being ourselves because we're giving our emotional reactiveness, but in the sense that we are only doing so from the level of which we do not understand our own suffering of that and of that reactive nature, it also goes to say that we are not being ourselves and we are being fake. That's why, that's why I promote self-discovery. I used to hate that word, you know that? Or that, that phrase, that term, I mean, uh, self-discovery. I used to hate it. Hate it. Because I thought it was redundant. I thought it didn't mean a damn thing. And whenever anybody said it, I just thought it was just stupid. Specifically, thought it was stupid. As in I... I had cognitive dissonance. Whenever anybody said the term self-discovery, and it took a while for me to see why. See, most people don't even know terms like cognitive dissonance. It's nothing against anybody. It doesn't mean shit. That doesn't mean anything for somebody to not know a term. It just means that life has brought them along in a certain way, which has not given them the opportunity yet at that point to find and discover that word. I'm from Hawaii, motherfucker. Like, I haven't seen a lot of shit. I don't know a lot of shit. There's so much shit out there that I have not seen. And it's a big world. With a lot of culture and a lot of languages, and you know, uh, last year I traveled half of Australia, and I'll tell you what I've seen things that I had no idea existed, and I, yeah, I there were dynamics of culture that I had no idea were possible. And um, it's a big world. You know, I'd like to say this to anybody, too. Uh, it's, it's important to remember, too, when you're... 
be like for anybody that's ever depressed or for anybody that's ever suicidal or ashamed or feels like the whole world hates on them. I'll tell you what. Go to another country. Go. Just sell your shit and go. Get a visa. Just go. Fuck it, right? You know? And I'll tell you, you will see that there's a whole nother world of people who do not know anything about any of the dynamics. They don't know you. Uh, you know, I mean, unless you're like super duper famous. Still, yeah. I mean, they probably, even if you're super duper famous, there's... There's probably hella people that don't know you, you know. There's a lot of people that don't know Trump. You know, there's a lot of people that don't know uh, a lot of these people. I don't know the presidents of other countries. Do you? <laughs> you know. I mean, what do I know? I know. Uh, I know the the Russian dude. I don't even know his name. I forget. Uh, I think it starts with a P. Right. <laughs> you know, you gotta think of it like that. Because um, there's no reason to feel like the whole world is against you. Because I promise you that's not how it is. The world works in the sense of balance. Because right in the middle of everything, God hit heaven. Everything. You see, you go to the Bible, you look at it, you know... I uh, separated the waters from above and the waters from below. And he put right in the middle, heaven. He separated the land from the sky. And right in the middle, he put heaven. He separated the animals from above and the animals from below. In the middle, he put heaven. And that's a figure of speech. They didn't go and place it there. Come on. Come on. No. We just look at it like that because we have to. Ever since we had our thing about duality. Remember that? The whole uh, fruit of knowledge of good and evil. In the Garden of Eden. Now let me tell you something that most people don't understand. <laughs> you see, in the ancient zodiac... We would put Aries, if you know your astrology, right? We would put Aries at the IC. If you don't know what the IC is, that's the, uh, uh, what is that? The nadir, right? That would be the uh, very bottom part of the world on the opposite side of you. So if you're on the top of the world, can you imagine like that? Then right straight down, on the other side, that's the bottom. And not really for them, but <laughs> just, just picture it like that, okay? Uh, so let's put Aries there. Boom. Center down, straight down. And if you know your astrology, the zodiac, we go through it in a counterclockwise. So straight down, a little bit to the right, you got Aries. You move up that degree a little bit, more to the right, Taurus. A little bit more to the right. Gemini. And then right at the horizon, you'd have the cusp between Gemini and Cancer. And, uh, oh shoot, where was I going with this? (laughs) 
Sorry, I I, uh, I just had a, another epiphany, actually, but uh, that's something else. That's for another time. Oh, oh, right, right, right. Okay, I know where we're at. Okay, so so you go from the bottom, right? That's the root. I like to call the IC the root because that's the trunk. That's your that's your grounding. The IC, the very bottom. That's that that would be in astrology uh, between the third house and the fourth house. That would be your family home, your childhood upbringing, right? your childhood upbringing. So you would go up, you got Aries, boom, Taurus, boom, Gemini, boom, and then at the horizon, going up. And then you would have, uh, what am I, Cancer? Yeah, boom, Cancer you would have right there, and then up Leo, and then uh, Virgo. And then right at the top, right, on the opposite side of where we started, You get Libra. Very top. Which is where it's a uh, funny, it's a funny thing. Because then uh, in Norse mythology, you have Odin. Oh, shut up, Cardi B. I mean, I don't got no, I don't got no hate for her. Actually, she's kind of cool, but, uh, yeah, no, I dig anybody that's got style. She's got her own style. But Odin, right? What did Odin do? Well, he was the hanging man in Tarot. Odin was the hanging man. See, Odin went and he hung himself upside down by the tree of the insert strange word that I don't know how to pronounce. Right? You know, remember it was in the movie. I don't, I don't remember how to say it. You know, I, I want to say that it don't matter how it's said because it's not said the way that it used to be said. I promise you that. <laughs> you know, the way we say it now is just a derivative. Anyways, he hung himself upside down from it so that way he could learn and gain perspective. Hangman tarot. And if you look at the card. In the major arcana, generally it'll have the guy and he's hanging upside down from the tree and he's chilling there. He's not like struggling. He's hanging. He's got the rope around his foot and just hanging upside down, chilling, like getting perspective. And what he don't even notice is that some gold coins fell out of his pocket and it's on the ground, right below his head. And he's hanging upside down, so it would be above his head. So he would have to look up. Ironic. You see, that's a double ironic thing, too. Well, I mean, it's triple ironic. One, he's got to be upside down. Two, he's got to look up, which is down, to see the value. And three, it's a value that he had with him the whole time. It was in his pockets. You see, he was trying to find the value. He was trying to find the treasure. He was trying to find the answer and the thing is, is that it's always within us right in the center you know in uh, the bible they talk about the ark of the covenant the ark of the covenant was uh, radioactive the ark of the covenant was said to be the throne of god the one place 
where God could reside on earth. The Ark of the Covenant is what Moses and the Israelites carried with them through the desert. It's what helped them, it's what saved them, and it's what guided them as they traveled through the desert. For years, mind you, if you've ever read the Bible, they did not have like a freaking couple month trip. No, they had like, I think like 40 years in the desert. You know, that's like, some people can live their whole lives. I'm not even 40. Like, my entire existence could fit in, well, on Earth, uh, in this lifetime, could fit in to how long they were in the desert. Like, that's a long time. Anyways. Now, the Ark of the Covenant, right? The Ark of the Covenant, the one place that God resides on Earth, that, that would be the heart. <laughs> you know? That would be the heart. I mean, right? They say, uh, legend has it that the Ark of the Covenant has three things inside of it. So if you were to find the Ark of the Covenant, wherever it's hidden, I didn't say at all, you would find three things. You would find manna, the same manna that the Israelites ate for sustenance. You would find the Rod of Solomon. And I do not think that that's a sexual term, but I mean, like, you know, some people put it however you want to. And the Rod of Solomon, I mean, I would say that that would be very symbolic to the uh, Mage card, right? That, that willpower of the Mage card, the one. Oh, shit. Well, actually, that is symbolized by the number one, which is the symbol of the dick. So, I guess that is a very sexual thing. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Number one is a fucking penis. If you've never noticed. <laughs> if you've never noticed, it's a penis. And guess what came before that? Yeah. Yeah, zero, which is the vagina. Uh, it's very elemental. See, you see that God being before all would be definitely a woman. <laughs> you know, uh, probably a black woman too, by the way. Just saying, you know, uh, Alan Watts said it, you know, in a uh, reference to a old joke about, uh, what is that, uh, people that went up to space and came back and were asked uh, if God was up in space, and they said, yeah, and she's black. And, you know, but God would be black. God would be a black woman. That's right. Because the divine feminine, right, the eternity, y'all, it would not need light. And I would like to say that I don't believe that love is light. Aha. Interesting, isn't it? I don't. I believe that love would be the void, right? Because zero would be that womb that encompasses. Just like the womb encompasses the baby. And unconditional love. 
the uh, zero would be that circle that is encompassing and holding and loving, which is the perfect form of uh, the most natural and most uh, stable figure that we have in, in uh, nature, which is the sphere. It is the egg. Actually, that's the thing, you know. Uh, did you know that electrons do not have light? No, I mean, you got electrons and you got photons, right? The photon is the light. But, did you know that photons actually come from electrons? Photons happen when two electrons collide. They bend space and time, and I've got 30 seconds left, so if you're lucky enough to catch this, thank you. And I just gave you a deep-ass secret that I discovered for myself, actually, by discovering uh, that uh, Gemini, the symbol of Gemini, used to be the symbol of two spheres with a bridge in between. And I thought about it, and I thought, oh, well, you know, it makes no sense that these things, uh, element in astrology, would be called air, when it really should be called light, because that element would be the element of thought, right? 